Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Testimony Tuesday. Today, I've got Daniel Cole in the house with me. How you doing, Daniel? Good, man. Good. Good to see you. Um, so, we want to ask you a couple questions. I appreciate you being with me today. Um, but kind of let our listeners know, what was your family life like? Did you grow up in the Effingham, Florence area? Yeah, yeah. Um, grew up in, uh, well, I started off in Effingham. Then we uh, we moved to Scranton. Okay. But yeah, um, growing up, I was in a in a Christian home. Um, my mom's really, really was my my rock as my Christian inspiration. Right. So my my mom was there. My dad was a was working and out all the time. But right. My mom was my was my spiritual guider in the in the home. Right. So, is are there any other siblings, or is it you the only child? Well, I got a eleven year old sister, Brianna. So it's like having a kind of like a daughter. So, yeah, pretty much. I I, I told How Mama. Are you, by the way, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Okay. So I told Mama years ago. I was like, Mom, I want a I want a brother. I want a brother. I wanted a brother so bad. Yeah. yeah so I'm sixteen. She brings home a sister. <laughs> what was this? So this is a little different. So, so it's just you two. Just us two. Um, all right, grew up around here. Um, now, did you go to public school, private school? Went to Florence Christian. Okay, so private school. And you graduated from there? Yep, graduated from Florence Christian and loved it. Okay. Um, all right, so many of you that know you, they know you're in a chair. So you want to just kind of tell us how, what your disability is, how you ended up uh, yeah. in your situation? I've got, uh, I've got muscular dystrophy, and I've got a... Uh, I've got a rare kind, so it's not it's not real progressive. Um, pro, it was it was two and a half years ago now. Um, I started. Well, let's go back to to uh, my younger days. I've always had cardiomyopathy, which was like a heart condition. Right. Basically, it was an enlarged heart, and uh, they told my mom years ago that I was going to need a heart transplant when I was like eleven. But um, the good Lord said, you know, it's funny how it all plays out, and and God puts His timing on things, because right. I mean, you're talking about it held out for all these years. It's been, it's been about two and a half years ago. It it finally, my heart finally decided it was going to quit. So uh, it was, it was then after that that I that I really became chair bound. It was um, and after being in the hospital so long, yeah. It kind of took me off my feet for so long. Uh, it was, it was hard to get back with the muscular dystrophy. Now, when you were a child, did you know you had the muscular dystrophy, or was it something that came on later on? Yeah, um, I was diagnosed at like two. Okay. Uh, by a liver doctor, actually. Really? On top of that, yeah, he seen first time he seen me walk, he was like, "Yeah, he's got muscular dystrophy." Huh. So, um, yeah, I actually, I played sports growing up. I did fine. Um, I did all kind of stuff. Um, I've hunted all over the country. I've, I've, uh, it just it slowly progressed over time to where it was harder to get out of like low chairs, and I couldn't run anymore as a teenager. But I was still getting around and doing stuff. Yeah, because I've known people that, uh, or heard about people that have been diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah, there's there's so many different forms. Because yeah. there's, I mean, you got like Duchenne's. Duchenne's is the one most people know about. Yeah. If you say muscular dystrophy, they think of Duchenne's, and it's it's usually in a chair at an early age. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so you've had health issues. 
from early on. From day one. And see, you know, that's something that Mac has said this, our pastor, I know this from being, you know, um, I was paralyzed when I was 16 and that was left me in a chair. But our health affects everything, you know. Um, it your your spiritual and your physical size can can be so tied in together um you know i've been at lebanon for almost six years now so i didn't know you before that but uh, i've always just kind of sat back and you know um, you seem like a very positive person you don't seem like you let things slow you down uh, which is good you know because you're in when you're in a situation um It'll either make you or break you. That's right. You, know, you can right. sit back and give up if you wanted to and just say, woe is me. But you definitely don't seem like that type of person. No. I mean, I learned at an early age, you know, this is – man, I, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I think sometimes the Lord put me in the situation I am to build my faith. You know, some people, it tears it down. But, I mean, my faith has been so strong from day one. I just knew – there's no need to get mad at the situation. It's that's like that's not going to help. That's right. I had a peace with it from the very beginning. Right. Yeah, I, I've explained that to people, and I think just from them being, I guess, like, quote-unquote, normal, or they don't really deal with a, a disability, per se, it's hard for them to understand how someone could have peace being in our situation. You know, always confined to a wheelchair or, or whatever, but... I think you hit it. You know, God's got a plan for our life, and That's right. it may not make sense to a lot of people. But well, yeah, if you don't understand where peace comes from, right. you can't understand why we have it. Right. Exactly. So you grow up around here. Uh, you've been dealing with health issues basically your whole life. Um, now, uh, I know you have a family, so you want to kind of tell us how. Uh, you met your wife and yeah, how um, my parent, my mom and and her dad worked together okay. at Coal Sheet Metal. Yep. So uh, I kind of knew, uh, kind of knew your James, thing, right? Yeah, oh, that's okay. yeah, that's my um, my uh, it was my uncle's business, okay. CW. So yeah, but um, I kind of knew he had a daughter, and uh, we, our our paths crossed before then. But uh, it was at a Christmas party that we kind of. Kind of, you know, looked at a distance. Like, you know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kind of at a Christmas party, and I was, I, I talked to her dad. I was, you know, jokingly, and I was like, "Man, is your daughter dating anybody?" And you know, he told me. He's, yeah, at first, he's like, "Boy, you better stay away like, from my no, daughter." No. <laughs> that's right, because you know, I was three years older at the time, right. which I still am. But back then, it was. He thought that was, you know, you give me a hard time about it. So, how old were you when you first saw her? I was when we first got together. I was 20, and she was 17. Okay. That's, that, that's kind of past the creep marker. <laughs> I, I, would hope, I would hope so. Yeah, so that's not bad, you know. Um, but the funny thing about it, to me, um, so how old you say you were now? 20, I'm 27. 27, so she's 24. Yeah, 24. Yeah. Been together seven years. So she's 24, but she looks like. She's a teenager. Yeah, she does. I told her she'll like that one day. Exactly. She does have this, like, really young look to her, you know. So there's probably still people that, you know, see you out and about like, 
Oh man, I've had people be like, "Are these your two daughters?" I'm like, "No, that's my sister. That's my wife." <laughs> Let me tell you the funniest story though. She's, I know she's gonna listen to this, so I just gotta. I, I can't wait to tell it. Uh, we were at Chuck E. Cheese, right? Yep. And I took, um, I took, uh, we took my sister and we took Noah and we we went and. Uh, we went in, we got in, but they would not let her out without her parent. Oh, <laughs> the she about died. I'm telling you, people, she looks young. I'm telling you, yeah. So they, she was so embarrassed. She was so mad. She'll like that when she gets in her late 30s and 40s. That's what I tell her. She's she got that's. Like it's going to be good one day. Yeah. So um, y'all met and dated. What? How long? We dated for a year, and we got married. Which let me tell you something. I'll. That girl was a godsend. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that was from God, 100%. I'll tell you this. I I remember going to my mom, and I was like, Mom, I was like, this this is a girl, I'm telling you. And and, and that weekend. You kind of know it. Yeah, I went and bought her a ring after four months. We had been dating for four months, and I bought her a ring, and this was like in – December. We started dating in August. So I bought her a ring and I finally proposed to her on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And then we got married the following October. Yeah. she. I don't know her well, but, you know, she seems like, well, let's just say this. This is the obvious because I'm in the same situation. But, you know, considering, um, well, I guess the ultimate compliment for me, and I've heard this a lot. And I kind of think about it when I think of you is like, well, Brad, I don't even see the chair with you. I don't notice it. That's right. Even though I'm in a chair. Uh, And there's some limitations that you and I can do, but uh, there's so much more to a person than what they can't do. But with that being said, it takes a special woman to say, hey, considering the things, I still love you and want to be with you. You know, I've experienced that myself. So, uh, you know, right off the bat, she's got to be a special girl. Yeah, I mean, that that's hard for even us to wrap our head around sometimes. Right, yeah. So, you know, you can tell that she's a, a good girl and uh, always loving, supportive, help. You know, she may beat you behind cl- closed doors. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> but um, she seems like a really good girl. So you're married, um, and then, you know, we're kids – is that something y'all wanted? That's something we definitely wanted. Um, it took us, you know, I truly believe uh, Noah, Noah, which is, he's fixing to be three now. He which was, is my oldest son's name. Yeah, right? exactly. It's a good name. Yeah. He was definitely a gift because right. it took us, you know, we didn't get pregnant right away. It took us a while. Right. And I mean, I, I knew, I prayed for that boy. I, I definitely prayed for that boy. And I, coming back to it now, it's so awesome how it happened because at the age he is now, if I would have gone through what I went through when he was four months old, right. it might have had a pretty bad effect on him with me being in the hospital for so long and yeah. being gone because, you know, he's a, he's a daddy's boy and a mama's boy. He, he right. wants us there. So I truly believe the Lord held out on that blessing until he, he knew what we needed at the time. So, man, it was it was a lot better going through what I went through with him. Now, do y'all yeah. want ki- any more kids? Or? Yeah, that's in the Lord's hands. Okay. Definitely, right. definitely wa- I, I would love more kids, but I mean. Well, it seems to me that the, the, the kind of age where you know, people start talking and thinking is um, it's, it's not your situation where you were like 16 and then you have a sister. You know, it's more in that three to four 
year range, it's like, okay, it's about time to have another one. You know, that seems to kind of be, but, um, you know, Noah's a good looking kid. He looks like he's a big ball of energy. Oh uh, man, you just, I'm telling you, toes. I'm going to send him to your house and he'll show you. Yeah. We, uh, we had two boys, Christy and I, and I tell everybody I got a grass cutter and a weed eater, you know, those two boys, they'll help you more than you'll realize it. Um, Noah will. But, um, and, and if another one comes along, you know, so be it. But so he comes along, um, and now I'm terrible with time, but I know there was a period here to where, um, you were kind of in dire straits with your heart. Yeah. So you want to kind of tell us about that situation and, yeah. and going through that? Basically, it's been about two and a half years ago. I started getting sick. And I, I thought I had a cold, man, to be honest with you. I was cutting grass. I was doing landscaping work. And I was cutting grass. And I cut grass literally all the way up until the day I went in the hospital. And if it wasn't for Mama and Lindsay making me go to the hospital, I still would have never went. Yeah. And, I mean, I was literally – I thought it was just a cold. I was getting to where I was weak. Um, I couldn't hardly walk around much. Yeah. Couldn't do much of anything. I was losing stamina. And I went to the hospital, and I stayed there at McLeod's for like a week. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. I just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And it, when it went, I mean, it it blew out. Right. It went fast. Yeah. Um, all my organs started shutting down. Everything was quitting. Um, they, they, they rushed me to MUSC. And uh, when I got there, you know, it was then that, that my family truly realized how bad the situation was. They called the family in. It was like... If anybody wants to see him, now's the time because it doesn't look like he's going to make it. So that's around 24, 25? Yeah. Um, and they're telling you at 11. Yeah, around 24. Yeah. So you went from, what, 11 to? Yeah, 24. 24. So, I mean, it's, it's been it's been great. Yeah. I mean, Lord held me out for a reason. And then out of nowhere, you just feel sick. He just all of a sudden quit. Yeah. I mean, all my organs shut down. My kidneys started failing. My liver was failing. Um oxygen was getting cut off to my brain so i was in like a child state of mind yeah. i mean everything just quit and and when this happened it was so sudden that that we couldn't prepare for it because i wound up getting a, a emergency surgery and that emergency surgery was a lvad mm. which is basically just a mechanical pump yeah. to keep you until you can get a heart transplant basically it takes the work of your heart well, I know here at you know at, at Lebanon. I mean, we knew it was a serious situation, but you know I didn't know to what extent. You know, I mean, I knew we were praying a lot for it. You know, considering you being rushed to MUSC, and um, so what was your mind frame, mindset during that? Did you think, okay, well, this is probably it? Did you have? the kind of fate that moves mountains that this is going to work out i'm definitely not going to die i mean where are you at mind wise well it's like this in my mind i was honestly not prepared for death right. so it wasn't like i was when i say prepared i don't mean spiritually prepared right. i mean i didn't feel like I was pretty positive, you know. Yeah. Now, there was times that, you know, my mind was kind of gone there for a little while. And I, you know, said all the things, you know, you say when you're about yeah, to die to right. your wife and yeah. your family. Yeah. 
But uh, other than that, I was like, man, honestly, it just didn't. My faith was so was so strong and so there that you know I wasn't too I wasn't too worried. Yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately, our life's in God's hands, right? He's the author and finisher of it. But I do believe that faith plays a big part in it. I believe that our will to live plays a part in it. I'm not saying that it overrides anything God's going to do. Because if he's ready, we're going no matter what. But I do think that positive mindset plays a lot into um, making it through. Now don't don't get me wrong when I say that my faith was there. I was still scared now. Oh, yeah. You know, I went through times and I was like, man, I was we were everybody was hitting their knees. We were just, you know, I was don't get me wrong, I was scared. Cuz it's not enough scared where I'm going. It's, it's man, I did not want to leave my family. Right. Yeah. I, I I I just did not. I I had flashbacks of like, man, I want to see this boy play T-ball. I want to yeah. see all this stuff that's yeah. Coming up, I didn't want to leave my family. Yeah, it'd be a matter of like, okay, God, you've blessed me with this wonderful wife and now a child, and now you're just going to take me from it. Exactly, exactly. But it's, um, there are scared feelings there, but I, I believe this too that, uh, and we don't necessarily think about this sometimes, but I believe God allows certain people to go through certain things to affect people around them. That's right. And I, I'm going to tell you now, um, I knew. And if you're not spiritually where you need to be, you can't understand what I'm about to say. But I, I knew God wanted me there, and I was happy for it afterwards. Right. You know, after, it's hard to go through the storm and smile too much. But afterwards, I was happy because I'll tell you, my my mind was gone during it, especially during the first half, yeah. because the oxygen wasn't getting to my brain because my heart wasn't pumping right. right. But the one thing that I can remember out of everything, I can't remember the people that came and seen me. I can't remember what I talked about. But I can remember one thing. And I remember when they took me back in that operating table, because my heart actually quit on the operating table. It, it quit. Um, and I had a defibrillator, and it shocked me. But the only thing that I can remember is I can remember praying. Right before they cut me open, I can remember asking the surgeons to stop. And I prayed with everybody in there. And that's the only thing that that God really allowed me to remember. Right. And and it was then that that those surgeons and those doctors, you know, it, it was afterwards after the fact. But they told me, you know, they they don't see that kind of that kind of positively positivity very often. Right. And they were they were impressed, and I knew so when that it plants seeds of you know of of witness through that. Um, so it's a cool thing, you know, that you, you don't necessarily want to be the guinea pig, so to speak, sometimes. But uh, God definitely uses people to get other people's attention. Um, and if nothing else, I think, you know, the positive um, outlook that you have on life, considering everything, that in itself is a witness to people, you know. Um, but... So that happens, and then you have the heart transplant. Right? Yeah, and, and that, we weren't out the we weren't out the water yet. Right. I mean, after the LVAD, the LVAD, uh, what they call a LVAD is a bridge to a heart. That's what they call it. Yeah. Uh, it's not meant to be permanent. They tell you you have usually one to six years with the LVAD. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, scary in itself because yeah. uh, you have a pump on that on the inside and batteries on the outside with right. wires going in. Yeah. 
So it's uh, it was pretty terrifying to know, you know, how this is going to work, what you have to do. My life changed dramatically. So then you're just waiting on a heart. Yeah, well, that, that's not the scary part, man. The scary part is they told me because of the muscular dystrophy, after I'd been in the bed so long, I was uh, I was done for. I couldn't move anything. Yeah. My wife fully took care of me. When I say fully, I'm talking about feeding me, bathing me. I couldn't lift my arms off the bed. Yeah. So they basically told me, because they seen how bad I was when I come in, mommy and my body was shut down. They told me basically, they were like, they come to me and they said, um, you know, we don't foresee you being able to get a heart because I'm not going to meet the criteria. That You know, it's it's hard to understand, but... I mean, and I, I want to say this with respect if I can, but basically they're not going to waste a heart, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, they're looking at it and they're like, well, we can give this man a heart, but he can't do anything with it. That's right. But be a vegetative, you know, in a vegetative state. Yeah, I mean, I was, you're talking about paralysis from the neck down. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand that, but, you know, again, when you're in the situation, you're like, no, give me the heart. Dude, that's what I said. I said, man, you watch and see, I'm going to get this heart. And, uh, I wind up going to therapy and I was, I mean, prayers were flooding in. I was, I was praying every day. I was clinging to clinging to God's word and what he says, you know, that if we trust him, we believe and that stuff's going to be done. Yeah. I was, I was ready to move mountains. I knew this faith I had was going to be able to do it. Right. And I, I went to rehab and I did the impossible, you know, people that, that don't know muscular dystrophy, they can't understand that, but right. But God did the impossible through my life, and I got back to walking. And that was the stipulation to get a heart. He told me I had to walk to get a heart. Yeah. And it, I, I got back to walking and got on the transplant list, and you know, it wasn't but a few months later. So you get the call, I guess. Hey, we we've got our heart. Uh, I'm imagining that's probably a pretty quick process. Yeah, I, I got the call at twelve o'clock, and I I just um. It was because I remember Mike Norton telling us, "Hey, Daniel got a call like midnight, maybe." Yeah, it was. It was and twelve o'clock that night. Headed to uh, MUSC. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all that happens. Obviously, that went well. Do I'm just curious when that happens and the transplant takes place. Do you? Uh, know where it's coming from do you get in contact with the family maybe later to just say hey how appreciative you are i mean does that even work into that unfortunately it's um it's pretty hush hush um there is a organs team that basically um how, how it works is i'm not allowed any information on the person I got you. and um that's due to many reasons but basically I am able to write a letter, and I write a le- I, I did write a letter yeah. actually, um, and I sent it to um, I can't think of the organization, but it's a it's so a transplant organization, and, it, and they basically asked the family, yeah. do they want to receive the letter? I got you. And I, I haven't heard anything back, but so I don't I don't know. Okay, well, I was just curious. Sometimes you see these stories where somebody meets the family that donated whatever they needed years later and there's this big reunion and it's a great story but in reality it's there's there's a lot to it it's it's hard on both ends right yeah so i mean did you ever go through this process of thinking well man somebody had to lose their life that i would 
Yeah, it was uh, it was hard. I had to go through a lot of psychological evaluations and stuff just to be able to get the heart. Right. Um, it, it's not it's not easy. You just have to know that. I I did not take part in that that person's passing. So, right. but out of such a storm, God was able to take something bad and make something good. Yeah. So I had to keep that in my head that that this is a blessing. Right. Not something so tragic, even though it is. Yeah. But I have, for personally and for my family, I had to look at it as only a blessing. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, Max mentioned this before in life is, it's, I don't want to equate it to sports because it's so much more than that. But somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, you know. Um, I have since become an organ donor because if I were in that situation needing something, then, you know, I would hope that it would be there. Um, but, you know, there's just a lot of emotions there. So tell me this. We'll wrap it up here in a minute. But where does this great faith come from? I mean, were you saved at an early child? Uh, was it later on? I mean, is it something that's just evolved? No, um, I got saved. I can't remember the year. Yeah. can't remember exactly how old I was, but I can remember vividly a picture of what it was. Right. I was in school at Florence Christian. I was young, and I went to a chapel lesson, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, Mrs. Giles was teaching the, the lesson, and I remember a conviction and staying afterwards, mm-hmm. and th- at that point was I saved. that point, I asked, I asked Jesus into my heart. It was that simple. Right. And... um. I guess my faith started as a young age because unlike some people, I had to rely on God all the time. Right. You know, and not not that I it was it was forced or made or I didn't have a choice. You know, I had a choice and I and I just I grew to love God at a very young age and it just it just grew and grew and grew and the more I the more adversity I faced, the more I you know, the stronger, I, I, you get. the stronger I got, the more I, I put my faith in Him. Yeah. Yeah. Salvation in itself, no matter what age you are, it's all it's all new. I remember at thirteen, I'm like, I don't really know what's going on here, but I know right. I need something. You know, and that's when it's important for the people around you to, like Bert Ross, our youth pastor at the time, was the one that led me in the sinner's prayer. Uh, I haven't seen him in forever, but I'll never forget him. You know, right. Because he was the one that got me to Jesus, but. Um, and it's not it's not faith is this magical thing we're just given man that's a relationship that's built right yeah you cultivate it 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 grows um it's not just something that god sprinkled magic does exactly just because i'm saved doesn't mean i have faith right faith you know faith got me there a little bit of faith got me there but the faith that's going to get you through life you have to obtain that man you have to go out and reach that stuff you have to you have to spend time with God to right. get that kind of faith. Yeah, yeah, it didn't just come. So um, we finish up here. I'm curious to know uh, how long have y'all been at Lebanon? Oh man, I, I can't remember exactly year wise, but we were here when the old we were in the old sanctuary. So were you here before Mac Jr.? I was here right when he started preaching. Okay. When he first started preaching, we started coming. Gotcha. So you've seen. I've seen all, all the changes. Evolved. Yes. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. That's a faith builder in itself. Yeah, to see him go from like his first message to where he's at now. That's right. It, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome. 
Well, good deal, man. I, I'm glad you reached out. Um, this has been a good one for us. Uh, if y'all don't know Daniel, you need to get to know him. Uh, super good guy. His family's great. Uh, very positive. Um, not many people inspire me personally, but looking at you and your family and what you've gone through, you do. Uh, it's always a blessing to see y'all. You're super faithful and uh, always willing to help out and do things. And um, We're blessed to have you, man. And I appreciate that. And I know you're just going to keep on keeping on. That's right. Until the Lord takes me home, I'm right. going to aggravate Lindsay a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. Thank you all for being with us again for another Testimony Tuesday. We'll see you back here next time.